0: Welcome to the Valley of the Suns podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Gerald Borgay. Welcome, Valley boys and girls, to another episode of the Valley of the Suns podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gerald Borgay, And normally this is just a Sun-specific pod, but we're taking a little detour today. We're gonna focus just on the entertainment and we have a very special guest. She is a diehard Blazers fan, one of my favorite follows on NBA Twitter, and honestly, one of the funniest and most creative people that I've met on social media. Neela, how are you doing today?
1: Oh my gosh, I was not (laughs) expecting that intro. Hi, hi, Valley boys and girls and everyone in between. Hi, Gerald. Thanks for having me on here. I'm doing great.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about this Disney movie, this new one that I feel like is not getting as much press as it should be because, and I felt that way before I watched it and after watching it, I definitely feel that way now. Um, Yeah. Like I said, normally we're doing sun stuff, but you know, there's not a lot new to talk about. Kellen and I kind of wrapped up the mid season point for the suns on Friday And uh, I felt like I wanted to talk for a whole episode about Rhea and the Last Dragon. Um, But first, Neela, you are a Die Hard Blazers fan. Um, And I think you're going on Twitch later to talk about uh, all-star events later, right?
1: Yeah, so uh, I asked my followers in our Discord if we cared to watch the ASG events together. And Mm. while the game isn't ever interesting to me, it's pretty Mm. boring for, I mean, I think we can all agree it's pretty boring.
0: <laughs> yeah. um,
1: but the other events are really fun, like the three-point contest and the slam dunk contest, all of those things. So uh, mm-hmm. we have two Blazers in the events. There's Anthony Simons, Young mm-hmm. Ant in the uh, slam dunk contest, and then Rocco in the skills challenge. So really excited to oh, that's right. check it out. But you heard about the news this morning, right?
0: I did. Joel Embiid, <laughs> Ben Simmons are out of the all-spreader game or all-star game. <laughs> uh, hopefully, <Hey.
1: laughs>
0: hopefully that's not what it turns into um but your boy dame's yes. been going off i think he's, he might win mvp tonight in the actual all-star game
1: hey that that's a, listen that's what i propose uh adam <laughs> silver i feel like you should have done this to begin with just just cancel the game um in crown mm-hmm. damian lillard uh all-star mvp and then we'll call it even <laughs> you know what i mean I think that's but, fair for everybody. It's <laughs> fair for everyone, except <laughs> for all the sponsors who are probably crying right now.
0: Yeah, that's rough. But um, yeah, I mean, hopefully it's a fun event. I feel, I feel like the Elam ending last year was a little bit more fun, but we'll see how it goes. Hopefully you have plenty to talk about on your stream um, later this evening. But let's talk about the movie, the reason why we're here. Ray and the Last Dragon. Um, it just released on Disney Plus on Friday for like 30 bucks and you can also see it in theaters though I would not recommend that during this time that we live in. Um, So for those of you, we're gonna get into some spoilers for this, but for those of you who haven't seen it, it's set in this fictional land called Kumandra that's divided into five parts and humans used to live alongside dragons and they kind of fuse their essence into this dragon gem to banish this evil plague that turns people to stone. Um, And Raya's dad tries to reunite all of these, these different uh, territories, basically. And Raya, who is a young girl gets betrayed by Namari, who is uh, kind of like her best friend, but also her foil in this movie. And long story short, Raya, the Druun are unleashed because the gem is shattered and they have to, Raya is trying to reunite the five pieces that get scattered into these different territories and she enlists the help of Sisu, who is a dragon. And uh, she is kind of clumsy and awkward, but she is extremely lovable. And along the way, she makes a bunch of friends and it's all about learning to trust after you've been burned again. Um, Neela, what was your impression of this movie and just what did you think of it in general as far as what stuck out to you the most?
1: Well, glad that we're doing this podcast and uh actually talking about it because I've been wanting to talk to somebody about this for <laughs> the longest and if anyone yeah. follows me on social media you will know that I have been single-handedly trying to promote this <laughs> film <laughs> yeah. from its inception which is insane but um so in general initial thoughts mm-hmm. I as a southeast mutt um mm-hmm. For those who don't know, I'm half Vietnamese, a quarter Filipino, like 12% Chinese, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt seen for the first time as, as, and okay, hold on. Let me take that back. The child in me felt seen for the first time in white Hollywood because growing up, uh, you know, this isn't unique. I think a lot of us grew up with Disney animation films. Mm-hmm. And one of the most important things as a kid and as an impressionable kid in um, the United States is when you look at media, you want to like see who you can look up to. And Mm -hmm. um, Mulan was the closest thing to that in terms of Disney animation for me. Um, And I grew up loving Disney. Like we'll talk about my top five Disney films (laughs) later, but um, we, a lot of like, Asian little girls and boys, I guess, um, didn't really have that, like, role model or whatever. Um, mm. Like, you know, mermaids had a role model before <laughs> <laughs> so these Asian kids.
0: Half fish people got got them got a role model first. It's uh, it's backwards <laughs> as fuck, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> but hey, that's that's the reality. And so the that, that's that was the biggest thing for me was wow, like I finally have somebody that that the little girl in me would have loved to look up to and, and dress mm-hmm. like and, you know, uh, admire. And so yeah. that was the biggest thing. And um, we can get into like more of the culture and my critiques in a bit, but that was the major thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm glad that, I'm glad to hear that because one of my biggest concerns, and, and we'll talk about this later, but one of my biggest concerns was kind of, Um, you know the idea of lumping all of Southeast Asia into one kind of monolithic representation but um, we'll we'll talk about this later but I didn't feel that that was kind of the way it was portrayed which was nice Um, so I'm glad that you felt seen and and had a a Disney princess that kind of spoke to your your inner child that's nice. Disney Um, princess
1: warrior emphasis on the warrior part.
0: And she is a badass, actually. (laughs) I'm I'm struggling to maybe I kind of want to see her and Mulan fight it out one time, but I don't I can't think of a more badass Disney princess warrior than Raya. Like, Wait,
1: I'm, can you imagine if this was like the MCU, and
0: oh uh, instead God.
1: it's the it's the DCU, the Disney Cinematic Universe, and all of the warrior princesses <laughs> came together and uh, fought evil, fought the evil Drune, or fought the evil <laughs> Mongolians, or whatever the case may. Be.
0: That would be the crossover event that we're waiting for. Marvel's great, but I want that crossover event next. Um, that
1: would be amazing.
0: Yeah, but I um. So a couple of thoughts about this movie when I was watching it, just surface level stuff. Um, I thought it was very funny. I thought Aquafina's um, Sisu was was pretty funny. Um, Love the con baby and the little, um, what were they called? The little monkeys that were with, <laughs> with the con baby. Um, it was really beautifully animated too. Um, obviously with every new Disney movie that they come out with, it's going to be well animated, but like the way that the dragons were like running on raindrops and... Um, like the Talon Night Market, um, like those were all very beautifully rendered, and I thought it—I uh, thought they definitely did their homework as far as trying to do the beauty of of these different regions justice in this movie. Um, and then Kelly Marie Tran was terrific as Raya. I thought she was a nice combination of like vulnerable, but also jaded because she had been burned. Um, but also like joyful when the situation called for it. So I was, uh, I was really impressed and I don't know about you, but like I, I teared up a couple of times <laughs> in this movie. Oh. Um, like when they're all turning to Stone and Boone, who is the, the little boy that she befriends, he like uh, follows her lead and, and trusts and gives up his piece of the gemstone that's warding off all these these Droon monsters. And he goes to her, and then he like hugs her around the waist, and then gets turned to stone. I was like, I was like, ow, that kind of hurt a little bit. I know bit. that hurt my heart too. <laughs> um, and then when Raya's reunited with her ba, like that was that was a sweet moment too. But um, aside from the representation aspect that we're gonna dive into in a little bit, what kind of uh, was there anything that stood out for you as far as setting this movie? apart um and the last one that I have to mention the action sequences were actually really well done (laughs) like they had some some intensity and some heat to them and they were well choreographed and everything but what what uh what stood out to you from this movie
1: oh you just spoke about a lot of things so I want to start (laughs) off by saying first and foremost thank you to artists in general um uh, I mean, I can talk about corporations and all this, all the bullshit that goes along with that, but thank Mm -hmm. you to artists and animators in general for making these masterpieces during this time, because I think a lot of times we forget when we consume media or consume anything that people put out during this pandemic, um, Mm -hmm. we forget that they are also going through it. And like, there's probably a million things under the surface that we don't know about these artists and animators. So Mm -hmm. they, I I agree with you. I think that they did a fantastic job. And of course you, you expect a certain caliber out of Disney films. Um, So they, they definitely didn't fall short there. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see regarding, what was the next thing that you talked about, Gerald?
0: um let's see beautifully animated Kelly Marie Tran was great um, right. the tear joke jerker moments yeah so of...
1: <laughs> I totally I, I completely agree with you I think that KMT I'm so glad that she was in her bag and that Disney paid her because <laughs> yeah. I'm not a huge Star Wars I mean I'm not a Star Wars fan at all honestly no offense to mm. any Star Wars fans that are listening. None taken. <laughs> <laughs> but um, a lot of people were a lot of my followers were telling me about the drama that went down with mm-hmm. her and the Star Wars franchise and the toxic gatekeeping fan base. Yes. Um, I still don't know all of the details but I'm just glad that she was able to one shine and two get her bag. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing regarding this movie I think that you sort of touched on in terms of the animation and the landscapes and stuff is I think that there is a huge thing to be said about having Southeast Asian writers actually Mm -hmm. tell the story of this film because it's unlike any um, Asian film that Disney has put out in the past where it was, um, you know, like uh, Mulan, the latest one, and the cartoon one and mm. uh, Aladdin, those were stories that were told by white voices. So there's something to be said, obviously, about having the actual people who are pertinent <laughs> to tell yeah. the story. Um, it, they also, Disney casted a lot of East Asian actors um, as well as Southeast Asian, obviously. Uh, mm. But then I think that that's where I would critique this film and we can get to it more later, but um, it would have benefited, I think, with more Southeast Asian talent um, mm-hmm. at the forefront. But anyways, yeah, Sisu, amazing. Aquafina is hilarious. Mm-hmm. She, I know that she gets some um, flack for her comedic style in the past, where she maybe incorporated some AAV in, AAVE into her um, comedy, but I don't right. think that that was seen at all, so maybe that was like a great job on the directorial front. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the, my favorite part about her was when we see her fob squatting when they're on Boone's boat. Um, <laughs> and I, I think I can use the term fob squatting because I am, in fact, a fob, actually, I'm a fop fresh off the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am an immigrant and I am a refugee, uh, for those who don't know, but the fact that she, there's this Asiatic fo- fob squad that, yeah. that um, I don't know if, if other people, like, if you can do the fob squat, let me know. Because, um, I was told growing up that only Asian people like can do it because of like our, our body anatomy or something. It's probably false.
0: Yeah. Can
1: you do it, Gerald?
0: I don't think I can. I'm not very flexible in general, but
1: <laughs> Yeah, so it's like something with flexibility and anatomy or whatever. But I, when I saw that uh, they animated her fob squatting on the boat, I was, I just like, s- my inside smiled.
0: Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's but awesome. then
1: as a person who's fluent in Vietnamese as well, I was really appreciative of the fact that they incorporated uh, Vietnamese words into the script, um, which is probably yeah. because Gui Nguyen is one of the writers who's a Vietnamese-American writer. And so mm-hmm. uh, Raya calls her dad Ba, which mm-hmm. is dad. There's other ways to say it, but uh, that's how South um, Vietnamese people say dad. Okay. And then um, Namari, is that her name?
0: Yeah, Namari.
1: Namari calls uh, Raya Depla, which means mm-hmm. strangely beautiful. Um, yes. so so these little things and then even I was telling my friend even the uh the words that the parents said to their kid um like morning mist and dewdrop,
0: mm-hmm. are
1: things that uh Vietnamese people actually like endearing terms that Vietnamese people actually say but in Vietnamese obviously
0: yeah. um,
1: and I'm sure other uh, Southeast Asian cultures have similar um sayings. so I, I thought that all of those little little like Easter eggs, basically. Like, you would only yeah. know these things if you are of that culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that was great. Now, it, with regards to the make-believe land that this is set in Kumandra,
0: mm-hmm.
1: maybe this can like segue into the critiques that we have for this film. <laughs> because yeah, on the one hand, Kumandra, if you uh, watch the film, you'll know that it's shaped like a dragon, which mm-hmm. Um, Vietnamese people know that Vietnam is seen as shaped like a dragon that mm-hmm. S shape that it has so okay. again that was probably uh, the influence of Quing Nguyen um, mm-hmm. but then the, the downside right to having a make-believe land in a film that blends all of Southeast Asia <laughs> is right that it perpetuates the whitewashing that Disney has been critiqued of for so long.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and again, like, I understand nothing is perfect. This is not a culture piece. It, it should just be taken as an art piece.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just like all movies that are put out by a corporation. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like, I can only hope that Disney will take the criticism that, the internet has given it the, uh, as a result of this movie mm-hmm. to properly represent the cultures that they're portraying. Because, on the one hand, I understand that it at the end of the day, it was probably Disney being like, hey, here's a hundred million dollars, make a whitewashed version of a Southeast Asian film. And of course, for the sake of representation <laughs> and for the filmmakers' bag's sake, they're not gonna fumble it. They're gonna right. take the opportunity and you know go with it. But on the other hand, the main issue with films like this is it's sort of like Disney's version of lip service because mm. when you try to represent every country in one film, you end up actually representing so, so little from every single culture.
0: Right. That was, that was kind of the big thing that I wanted to ask you about because I mean, obviously like with that kind of budget, the Disney creative team, they did their homework as far as, especially like the artists, like rendering these different um, like the night market and like the river area that was inspired by the Mekong river. Um, You know, they traveled to Laos, Indonesia, Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Singapore, and Malaysia to get their inspiration and their influences for this movie but I was curious what you thought about that because you know as we mentioned you can't just lump all of these different cultures into one Southeast Asian identity Um, and that's kind of what they did with this you know Kumandra place and on the one hand I get that they couldn't just pick like one country and go with that because then it would be like well what about the other ones there well I why think... why
1: not gerald why do you think that they couldn't have chosen vietnam for example for raya and then made movies in the philippines the in malaysia ones. in sing you know
0: right no i i think that's a good question i think the answer is unfortunately what you touched on that it's more lucrative to lump them all together and try to represent as many different countries as they can, which is ironic because if you look at where Disney plus is distributed and this was another criticism of the film, I think it's only distributed in Singapore and Indonesia. If I remember correctly, Disney plus isn't even in some of these other Southeast Asian countries. um, And movie theaters haven't opened up in some of these places. So it's, you know, who is this really for this movie for, Um, It's lip
1: service, I'm telling you. Because, yeah, when you try to make this whole thing a monolith, Mm -hmm. it's inherently racist because it's similar, right, to, you know, you calling somebody African when Mm -hmm. that Africa is a continent. It's not a country. (laughs) So it's like, you can't just be like, let's make a Southeast Asian movie and expect no criticism, right?
0: And it's weird because... I have never in my life been called North American. Like nobody (laughs) refers to me by my entire continent. (laughs) So it's interesting that we do that to so many other interesting is probably not the right word, but you get what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But yeah, I I feel like uh, I did want to ask about the, the East Asian actors as well, because there was the representation, but again, I, I was reading a bunch of articles doing my research on this because I wanted to be prepared and know the greater context and dialogue that was going on about this film um and one thing that I read that kind of stuck out with me is that this is it's not perfect it's more of a first in order to get to a next like it's like you were saying you're hoping that Disney takes the criticism to heart and builds on it to be more representative with specificity instead of just trying to lump everyone together like that um but I, I also do think that there's like, like what you tweeted as far as when she called her dad Ba for the first time, um, like that made me happy that you got that moment um, to see that in a Disney movie. Like that's, that's a really cool experience. Um, I am, and as a white male Hispanic, like I don't, I don't really, you know, growing up, I didn't think about those type of things because representation for me was everywhere. It was standard. So that is a really cool moment and something that uh, is, was eye opening for me as far as, you know, you getting to experience that type of moment and a lot of people getting to experience that type of moment for the first time. Um, So that was pretty cool. But do you have any other criticisms of the movie while we're here?
1: Yeah, definitely. So Gerald, you're Hispanic? Yes. Um, Did you have, did you or your family members or anyone you know have that same experience with Coco? Yes, (laughs)
0: Yes, <laughs> absolutely, yes. That,
1: yeah, the Coco, is, uh, top 10 Pixar, is it Pixar? Disney, yes, whatever, so that's Disney, Pixar. yeah. Um, and yeah, and lot, my followers were like, N- N- Nila, I totally, they responded to that tweet about um, hearing Vietnamese words for the first time in a Disney film. And they mm-hmm. were like, yeah, experience experienced that with Coco. I'm sure that like you 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 felt seen and heard and, you know, mm-hmm. Whatever for the first time. So I was like, yeah. They, it was really yeah. Fun. <laughs> But okay. Yeah. So, right. So back to the criticism. I, like I said, I was, I am an immigrant. I was born in Manila, Philippines. I'm a quarter Filipino. Mm. Um, the one major criticism that I saw from the internet uh, mm. before this movie even came out was that Raya incorporates visually the look and feel of Filipino culture including the combat scenes using mm-hmm. Arnis, which is the Filipino national sport, mm-hmm. um, using, yeah, combat styles from all, all sorts of cultures, but you see the, the weapons are, are Arnis sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, so I'm expecting this to be, to have Filipino actors, to have, um, Tagalog or Ilocano in the film, which mm-hmm. there is the song, uh, Goodbye by KZ. I'm going to I am so sorry to any Filipino <laughs> listeners. I am about to butcher her last name, but I think she's known um, as just KZ anyways in, uh, in with her artistry name. But the song Gabay is the first Filipino song released by Disney, which is cool. That's thumbs up. But then the fact that there was no... Tagalog, at least in the movie, because I was talking to my friend, I was like, wait, the part where Raya was chanting, um, to like the part right before Sisu, we were introduced to Sisu, she was chanting in a language that I didn't recognize. So I asked my friend if that was Tagalog and she said no. And I was like, could it be Ilocano, which is the other language, um, spoken in the Philippines? And she was like, maybe, but I feel like even though I don't speak Ilocano, I would know, if it was Ilocano, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not sure what language that is in, but there was no other Filipino- Influences, uh, representation. Yeah, or... besides the combat um, scenes, which were awesome, but yeah. I would have loved to see that. What Disney could have done to like appease, I guess, Filipino watchers are, or I'm sorry, I guess I should say X You know mm. what I mean? Right. <laughs> People of Filipina descent. <laughs> Um, is they could have played in the credit song the "Goodbye" version of "Lead the Way," which the the credit song was "Lead the Way" by Janae Aiko. But they could have mm. played "Goodbye." That would have been they cool. could
0: have right because there was that was um, not to that's not my main criticism, but that brings up another one. Um, and this is much more surface level. It was interesting that I watched that movie all the way through and didn't realize that there were no songs until the very end. And like, yeah,
1: do you, is that a criticism for you?
0: A little bit. I feel like when I get to my top five, like every single one of them has like a couple of classic Disney bangers. This had no bangers. Yes. I, feel like, <laughs> like, I feel like it needed a bit ba- and it could have because the soundtrack has goodbye and it has songs on it, but there were just like no songs in the movie. So really surface level stuff. But.
1: Right. No, no, that's, that's definitely as a kid who grew up in musical theater. That's definitely Mm. one of my criticisms of this film as well. I understand that, you know, musicals aren't for everybody and this probably caters maybe to a wider audience because it's not a musical. Mm. Um, But on the other hand, for people who are music freaks (laughs) and who sing Disney ballads at the top of their lungs, hi, me, um, on the daily as a grown (laughs) adult, almost 30 years old is, yeah, I I wish that this was on the had of <laughs> like come on. I, like yeah, we we'll, we'll go into it with my top 5 as well, but yeah, every single movie has um has bangers.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this one just doesn't. But that is a good uh point that I forgot to mention about the uh and the lack of representation there because there was not literally a single person on the cast. So Yeah. Kind of disappointing. Good.
1: Right. I was sorry. Sorry to interrupt you.
0: No, Um, no, you're good.
1: Back to the point about the East Asian casting is there are a lot of Chinese actors in the film, and that's Mm. fine. But again, China is also a colonizer.
0: (laughs) Correct. Right. We're trying
1: to be (laughs) equitable here.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, that's that is an interesting point because I just. I don't know. I was watching it and I, before I watched it, I had read that article and I was like, I'm glad that I've read that because I didn't even think of that. And that's something again, as a white male that I should be aware of, but unfortunately needs to be brought to my attention so that I can learn better. Um, Hey,
1: don't be so hard on yourself. You're not alone. There are probably listeners right now who are like, Whoa, I never thought about (laughs) these things. So I think it's important to learn and, you know, educate others.
0: And that is why I'm so happy that I asked you to be on the show for today. Um, we'll take a quick break. We'll talk a little bit about the themes and then we'll get into uh, where this stacks up against our favorite Disney movies of all time after this. All right, welcome back. So, the last couple of things that we're going to talk about are the themes. And I feel like they kind of stood out to me because they were a little more mature. I feel like Disney's kind of been heading down this road for a while now with, um, you know, like with Frozen, with, Um, Moana as far as like female empowerment yes but also very real life lessons Uh, and in this case it was the big one was dealing with grief and learning to trust people Um, you know in Disney movies in the past we've seen something horrific happen like in the first five minutes of a Disney movie but it's very rare that the movie like dwells on the after effects of that grief like you know sure show me Bambi's dad getting shot I want to know how that affects his relationship with Thumper for the rest of his life. <laughs> like, I want to I see how the trauma plays out for this character. Um, so with Raya, she makes friends with Namari, and it's, the, you know, they're young kids, it's adorable, um, and she gets betrayed by her new best friend, and the gem shatters, and the result of that, of, you know, in her mind, of her father trusting these other territories, is that he gets turned into stone, so she loses her father and, you know, we've all been there, whether it's a toxic ex or Postmates forgetting to leave the order at the door, instead of ringing the doorbell, we've all been burned before. <laughs> so oh <my> God. <laughs> like, we've all, we've all dealt with grief. We've all been hurt before. Um, but I really like the way that it kind of shaped her character and on the surface, yes, it sounds very simplistic, like, you know, trust people, trusting people empowers you, but it is, especially in this time, It's very easy to go it alone and want to be, you know, this lone wolf, which she calls herself in like the opening 30 seconds of the movie, but I really did. It resonated with me, this idea that, um, yes, she is empowered. She's this badass warrior, but you also can't do everything alone. If that makes sense. I mean, did that, did you kind of, did that kind of like hit you at all while you were watching it? Or is that just me?
1: (laughs) for sure that's definitely one of the themes that i wrote down when i was watching the movie is the theme of one not only trusting people that you've never met before and you don't know especially people who come from a different background whether that be fang talon whatever Mm -hmm. um but also how that plays into the community aspect of this film because they right they would have never achieved what they achieved without each other Mm-hmm. And I think that that theme is really important in general, but especially right now during this, you know, quote unquote, unprecedented, the, the word of 2020, yes. the unprecedented <laughs> times that we are in because we are so far apart from each other, but we're going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. So for the most part. So in this movie, when she picks up all of these random strangers from everywhere by the end of it you understand that we need each other Mm -hmm. We need each other to survive we need each other to be successful and personally in my life I find that to be so true like literally every single best friend that I have besides like one I met on the internet uh the twitch community that I was thrust upon um Ended up being something that I never knew I needed. But the community aspect is what makes it just everything to me. So I'm sure that, you know, other people can experience that same sort of thing where it's like, yeah, somebody may be from a different place than you or be from a different walk of life, look different from you, but we literally all need each other, whether that be on the scale of accomplishing a task at hand or, uh, and it could scale all the way up to like climate change because this is a global issue. And like, you know, you, if you can't just, just depend on one sub population to fix all of our issues, like we all have to work together, you know?
0: Yeah, no, that, that definitely, I felt the same way watching it. And I, I feel like they kind of tackled that multiple times because even with Sisu, like she said it herself, she wasn't the best dragon. Um, but her brothers and sisters kind of putting their trust in her and their faith in her and then her wanting to repay that faith is ultimately what empowered them and saved everybody pretty much. So yeah um, I thought that was a nice message and it was it, you know it was a it was a little on the nose, but it was I thought it was really well done and especially like at the very end with the climax and everything like that was very powerful the way that they went about making that happen um
1: isu's story really all is aligned with raya's because mm-hmm. they were both whatever young when they experienced this major impactful event that shapes who they are
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it empowers them and it and it tells little kids that they don't have to be spectacular in all aspects of their life or whatever. They just have to be entrusted and empowered to do something. Mm -hmm. And then from that, like they say in the movie, every dragon has their own special magic. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you don't have to be excellent at all aspects of your life. You don't have to have straight A's in every single subject. You just mm-hmm. have to be empowered. And um, obviously it ta- sometimes it takes other people to empower you, uh, just like in Sisu's case with um, her siblings, but you just need that. And then that is enough to mm-hmm. like go make a difference in this world.
0: Yeah, I, I like that message. And with that, I think it's time to ask where this movie stacks up on... Disney's all timeless because I mean, I, I, I'm I've obviously, most kids grew up with Disney, but I'm still like a huge Disney nut. I will watch all of these movies all the time. Um, so I'm curious for you, where does this stack up in your top five or does it stack up to your top five? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a good point. Okay, so when you asked me to, to list my top five Disney movies, I was like, damn. this is gonna be hella hard because I'm just like you Gerald where uh, I think that you know that's why we get along is that I still will watch Disney movies every day of my life if I Mm -hmm. if I could. Um, So top five Disney films we touched on this earlier many much of the reason why I these movies are in my top five is because of their banging slapping soundtracks. (laughs) So Mulan Okay. Number one, like mm. arguably the most, uh, what's the word I want to use? Iconic Disney mm. song is the song, the "Let's Get Down to Business" song. Yes, I forget <laughs> what the title is, but you know.
0: Absolutely. Let's get
1: down to business.
0: Yeah, uh, make a one. man out of you. Make a man out of you. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That <laughs> one. So Volana's top. Okay. Um, Lion King. Mm-hmm. Probably number two. Okay frozen all right number three all banging soundtracks yes right
0: (laughs) has to be noted
1: and then i don't know what is number four either the little mermaid or toy story okay because the little mermaid had some bangers
0: too it did it did i okay so so does raya round out your top five then
1: raya would have to be number five
0: all right i like where your head's at we our top fives are pretty similar actually so my number one i mean you can't go wrong with lion king honestly that's a hard one to top <laughs> aladdin was up there i loved aladdin growing up mulan is number three um and then four or five i don't know it's a toss-up between hercules and raya because
1: oh really Ryan made your yes. top five too
0: yes it did um i it might be number four it might be number five I don't know I haven't watched Hercules in a while I do remember some bangers on that one <laughs> might give it the advantage but um I really loved this movie and I feel like the second time I watched it this morning just to refresh my memory for this pod I was like damn that still held up just as well and I watched it less than 24 hours ago yeah um, so yeah I, I feel like it's in it's it's carved its way into my top five which is saying a lot because I'm so I'm old-fashioned I like collect DVD I have a huge DVD collection it's like mini blockbuster in my living room
1: for any Gen Z listeners that's <laughs> yeah. a little disc that you put into a machine and it plays your movie
0: uh, I just dated myself like a motherfucker didn't I but that's all right um <laughs> but hey, yeah I'm a
1: proud millennial I don't know about you <laughs> <laughs> we millennial got...
0: and proud uh, <laughs> I yeah I you know what's funny is I had this massive Disney collection and I was like foolishly in my 20s thinking like I'll be able to pass this on to my children and then they announced <laughs> Disney Plus and I was like well fuck that's <laughs>
1: I, I still think that, that that would be like a cool retro thing that like your kid could get into. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it has like but it has like no like aesthetic like you know vinyl like vinyl will always be like cool because it's retro. DVDs is just like outdated. <laughs> I can pass down my you know eight dollar a month Disney plus subscription it'll be fine but yeah no I'm glad that made your top five as well I feel like uh, I didn't want to come in with like a hot take on a movie I just watched but I really do feel like it's it's up there as far as a really good Disney movie and like more people need to like watch it Um, again Maybe. maybe not in theaters but you know Pay the 30 bucks, split it with somebody. It's only 15 bucks. That's how much you'd pay at a movie theater anyway, with some popcorn. So your final score for this movie out of 10, what would you give this?
1: Okay. So I obviously have to knock a few stars or Mm -hmm. points for uh, one, it being a monolith, Kumandra that is. Sure. Two, there's, it's not a musical. Yes. Whatever. Some people may give it a point because of that, but I take away. Um three, they could have easily put goodbye at the end of the credits instead of Janae, but I understand Janae is like a queen and no disrespect mm-hmm.
0: to her. Your would, counterpart.
1: <laughs> yeah, my little well, I don't want listen, as soon as I say I somebody said I look like someone else. <laughs> Twitter goes, like Twitter goes mad. They're like, there's, you know, there's two camps. There's like, oh my gosh, yes. Or then the other, but then the louder camp is like, how dare you say you look like <laughs> Olivia Munn Janae? Jenaeco. You look like a piece of trash. You're in LA4. Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> like, That's yo, rude. I didn't say
1: shit. I didn't say it. I'm, I'm telling you that other people- <laughs> anyways that's beside the point
0: (laughs) i'm just saying what's been said i'm not saying it myself that's different just
1: repeating what some my follower anyways (laughs) so okay with all of those things in mind i'm gonna have to give it a solid 7.5 out of 10 is that fair
0: i think that's fair i mean that's so what do you out of curiosity though if this is a top five disney movie all time what do you give normal disney movies (laughs)
1: Thirteens. <laughs> yeah, the classic Disney animation films, those are like 11, 13 out of 10, you know?
0: Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm, I'm still working out your scoring system in my I'm, head. but <laughs> As you
1: can tell, I'm not a mathematician. I'm a biologist. Uh, That's fair. So,
0: yeah, <laughs> I'm asking you to deal outside your comfort zone. I appreciate it. Um, I'm going to go with, this is only the second time. I mean, we're only what, 14 episodes into the podcast, but this is only the second time we've given a score this high. I'm going to go with a nine out of 10. Um, it's wow. it's a high one. Yeah, I, I like I said, I feel like this is a top five Disney movie for me. And I feel like it was very, I mean, obviously Disney was like building the whole, like our first Southeast Asian princess warrior, but like it really, and maybe it's just because we're in a pandemic, but it really do- didn't get the same like press that a normal Disney movie would get. Um, cause I told a couple of people I was going to watch this movie and I was excited about it. And they're, and these are fellow Disney, you know, geeks like me, they didn't, they didn't even know what it was. So I was like, what? yeah, I was like, I've been looking forward to this since the first <laughs> teaser trailer dropped, like, and yeah. and they hadn't even heard of it. So, um,
1: uh, yeah, I got to give
0: it a nine out of 10, got to, got to boost its, uh, got to boost the public opinion of it so that more people watch this movie. Cause it is very high up there for me, but yeah. Well, Neela, I appreciate you coming on the pod, taking your time to talk to me about this movie. Um, Tell the people where they can follow you on Twitter, Instagram, plug whatever you want to plug.
1: Thanks Gerald. Uh, So Valley people. Hello. Thank you for listening to me (laughs) for the last 45 minutes. Um, (laughs) My name is Neela Madison and you can follow me at Neela Madison. That's N I L a. Madison, on all social platforms. I'm on TikTok, I'm on Twitch, I'm on literally everything except Snapchat. Don't ask me for my Snapchat. I don't have one. I'm almost 30 years old. I don't think I should have one.
0: Don't make it weird, guys.
1: (laughs) So um, yeah, thanks again, Gerald, for talking to me. I'm so glad that I had someone to talk to about this. (laughs) And um, yes, go watch Raya. Well, I feel like now it's like too late to be like, go watch Raya because we gave everything away. Hopefully everybody (laughs) already watched it and is now listening and isn't spoiled.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, And make sure you follow Neil on Twitter at the very least. Like I said, one of my favorite Twitter follows and it is really hard being funny and creative on Twitter just in general, (laughs) let alone during this very depressing last year that we've had. So thank you for providing the people with joy and uh, also promoting causes that I feel like more people should be aware of. Cause I feel like I see something either on your Twitter or your Instagram every day that like brings something to my attention that I should care about. So okay. anyway, absolutely. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of the Valley of Suns podcast. Feel free to write me a review. Let me know a couple of movies or TV shows you're watching, and we might talk about them in the future, but that's going to do it for this episode. This is Gerald Borgay signing off.